Thank you for joining the Detroit Buy, Hold, Invest podcast. I'm your host, David Radwell, Clyde Realty, Detroit Buy, Hold, Invest. A lot of people are asking for very specific information, and we are here today to give that to you. And today I have the Sultan of Sizzle, the Pontiff of Policies, Ryan Atkinson, Atkinson Insurance Group. Ryan, thanks for joining the show. Thank you, Dave. We appreciate you being here, sir. And today, um, a lot of uh, investors, they've been keying in on my podcast. I think we're on episode five now. Um, It doesn't really matter, but a lot of people reach out to me and they they want the gift that is knowledge and the knowledge and the gift is what we're here to give them today. Um, We have Ryan on today because a lot of people keep coming to me and asking me about how to structure their business in real estate as investors or flippers or Airbnb, whatever it is. And they always ask me, you know, Dave, do I need to set up my business a certain way? Do I need to have an LLC? How do I insure? What kind of policies are out there? Aren't they too much? Like, am I getting ripped off? You know, am I being adequately covered? Or they're trying to go the cheapest way and and then finding out later when there's some sort of a tragedy or uh, something of that nature, then they come and they talk to their insurance company or their agent, they find out they're not adequately covered. So today we have Ryan Atkinson coming on the show from Atkinson Insurance. He's going to set the record straight and we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of policies you need and how to do it. And uh, and that's what Ryan's here for. So Ryan, how are you today? And tell us a little bit about you, your business and your history in the insurance business. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. I am blessed. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. And you know, I've been doing insurance in Metro Detroit for over 13 years. So I've seen the market go up and down, and I've seen every different situation because every household, every investor property is very unique. It's very different. Yes, sir. So when, when a client calls me on the phone, an investor, for example, they say, I'm buying this house. I need to have insurance so I can get my clear to close. And my first question is obviously the address. We want to find out what location um, the, the house is in. Because the first thing that they factor is the crime score. Yes. Right? And being in Detroit, it's, it's, we have the most expensive insurance in Michigan. And when you have properties in Detroit, it's just the fact of the matter. You have a higher crime score. And the law of large numbers in insurance world means that those rates are going to be more expensive. Absolutely. Capital D class for the most part, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, 100%. So first, we we find out where the property is located, and then we'll pull up the schematics online. And I'll take a, a, a review of an appraisal report, or I'll look at some intro photos on Zillow to see what we're actually dealing with. Because if you have a property that needs rehab, that needs windows, a roof, gutters, a porch, a driveway, for example, you have to get a policy that's a vacant policy under renovations. Absolutely. So you need under renovations policy, not just a a, a simple vacant policy. And there are over 100 different insurance companies out there. And I've seen insurance from $50 a month for Detroit all the way up to $250 a month for Detroit. Oh, totally believable because when a house sits vacant and unprotected and doesn't have all the uh, operations and HVAC and it's not secured. I mean, obviously, an insurance company is going to see that as a huge point of liability, correct? Yeah, I mean, you can insure those houses, but you have to pick the right insurance company to cover your risk, because if the house is vacant, if there's tools going to be left or contractors going to be on site, you have to have a policy, I tell people, very important, you have to have a policy that's worth the paper it's written on, 
So yes. you can sleep good at night and you can properly protect your investment and the business that you've worked so hard to build. All right. So let's talk about vacant insurance policies. Like what do they actually cover if That's you're an great. investor? All right. So like a typical vacant insurance policy with renovations, the first item on that list is your coverage A. Yes. Coverage A is your dwelling coverage. Um, if there was a fire, coverage A will cover the roof, um, the plumbing, the electrical, and the foundation. Yeah. Um, the next item would be your garage, if there is one, or attached structures. Uh, vacant insurance will also cover your uh, liability. And it's subjective because I tell investors to get as much insurance as you can afford, but ultimately the client can pick. They can go with 100000 liability on the policy, or they can go all the way up to a million dollars liability um, for pennies on the dollar. And is that liability covered? So let's say you got a vacant house, you're you're going to rehab it for whatever reason, or you're flip it, or you're going to burn it out, or you're going to fix and rent, and you hire contractors to come in there and do work, and a contractor falls off the roof and hits the ground. Are you covered? Well, that's a there's a caveat to that because is this contractor your friend? Is it your homie that you know has a business on the side who isn't licensed and doesn't have insurance? Exactly. Because if there is a loss, if there is a claim caused by said contractor, it gives the insurance company an avenue to totally turn down your claim. Right. And they have every right to do so. Because when you hire workers, contractors, especially people who are doing foundation work or electrical, they need to be licensed. And right. the investors need to get a copy of the certificate of insurance. And if if they want to be even more strict, they could ask for their workers' comp policy if they have employees in and out of your house, right. you know, you can verify if these contractors are insured, if they are licensed before you even start work. Right. But a lot of times what happens, Mr. Ryan, get this done quick. I need it done fast. Do it quick. Do it fast. And, and I have to tell people, do it cheap. yeah, do it fast and do it cheap. And I just have to say, you know, let's take a step back a minute and see what's really going on. Because the last thing I want is to get a phone call and then say, you know, have to break the bad news, which has never happened. Um, we do things, you know, we run a pretty tight ship, right. but there are people who try to get through the system and I have to let those people walk away. Exactly. And we've had many of them that have reached out to me and they want multiple uh, resources for insurance. And I tell them, if you want to get the right coverage, you need to call Ryan. If you want to get the cheap coverage, you just call around till you find it. But if something goes wrong and you need to, uh, you know, lean on your insurance agent or your insurance company to protect you, you're not going to get that from someone who you have no loyalty to that you just got the cheapest policy you could possibly find. I mean, you just can't expect that. Um, and that's why I wanted to clarify because in Detroit, particularly, or in the suburbs that border Detroit, like Warren, East point, you know, Oak park, whatever the name of the game is buying the house for, you know, half price or maybe 70% max of the ARV. And then you got to get people to go in there and you don't want to pay Nobody wants to pay premium prices and pull permits and deal with the city and, and go through the inspection process and all that. I had a lady call me today. She bought one in, in, a, in a city I'm not going to mention, but it's not Detroit. It's a high-end area, and she decided to do certain improvements, and the city caught them on the last day. And now for a year, they've been going back and forth, and the city is telling her she's got to rip it all apart, and, and it all needs to be inspected and then re-drywalled and everything. And wow. these are things that we expressed. 
from the very beginning. Like these are the liabilities that you run. And when you go into higher end municipalities, they have people just like Warren, you'd think, why would Warren have people driving around all day? They pay people to drive around all day to catch contractors and, and homeowners that are doing work without permits and stuff. So in Detroit, that's what it's so attractive uh, four, you can you could renovate a three thousand square foot four unit for a year, and you might not ever see an inspector. But I had a guy the other day; he bought a duplex on Greenfield, and the house has been vacant and destroyed for two years. And as soon as they saw a dumpster, they stopped work ordered him, and now they want him to do all these inspections. So it's all about like the whole purpose of my podcast and and the insurance thing today is to clarify you know, like what you should buy, how you should buy, what it covers, and why you should consider it. Whereas there's all these other conversations about like, if you don't do it the right way, you could get away with it a hundred times on the hundred first time. When you don't though, you're going to finally realize how much of a pain in the butt that it is for you to get yourself out of that. And, you know, at the name of the game though, is buying the house as cheap as you can and doing the work as cheap as you can trying to get the best quality so that you can exit and put a tenant and maybe refinance or flip it for a profit or whatever. And at the end of the day, this all comes out in the wash. So it's pretty it's pretty clear to see that vacant policies um, only cover only so much. They will not cover your property if you have an occupant in there and they will not protect you from all of these liabilities that you think. That's like correct. Theft. That's correct. I mean, you have to have a vacant policy for a vacant house. You have a landlord for an occupied house and those yeah. cover additional things. If you have a good agent that is taking the time, you know, we we have investors who have multiple properties. Some of them have 20 or 30 properties. Yeah. And we actually take the time to make a spreadsheet with the name, the address, the zip code, the value, what's going on at each location. So at renewal time, the investors have a clear understanding, a one pager, and they can know exactly what they can expect regarding price. They know exactly what they can expect regarding coverage. And I like to make it unified across the board. If yeah. we're going to go a million dollars on properties one, two, and three, then we're going to have a million dollars on the rest of the properties. Yes. You know? yep. And okay. I respect I respect the profit line too. I mean, the investor, the job, the, the end of the game is to have as much profit as possible. Yes. Um, but if I don't get do my service and walk them through the insurance wheelhouse, right, then they're, they're not going to know. You know, they're yeah. experts in one thing and I'm experts in another. So my best advice is take your time when you're setting up your insurance policies, review them with your agent every six months. That way there's no surprises. And, you know, just understand with inflation now, insurance costs a little bit more than it used to. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll leave the vacant policy kind of where it's at. The moral of the story is, everybody, is if you're buying a house that doesn't have a tenant or no one's occupying it, you have to have a specific policy and you need to make sure that you sit down and we cannot cover all of the things that need to be talked about about a vacant policy in this podcast because it could go on for an hour and a half just on that alone. Um, but the moral of the story is call a professional, call Ryan, Atkinson Insurance. Ryan, what's your number? It's a 586 five, five, seven, eight, zero, eight, four. Um, right. That's my direct number. You can call or text me anytime. And um, Atkinson insurance group. We're also on the social medias as well. Right. All the social medias. Um, so moving on to the next topic, most of my clients that come to Detroit by hold invest, obviously they're looking to buy hold, uh, you know, long-term. So let's talk a little bit about the policy that's issued to a landlord and what that covers and the importance also of requiring your tenant to have renter's insurance. 
Okay. All right. Great. So like a landlord policy is going to be exactly what a rent, what a vacant policy covers in addition to the following. So when your house, for example, let's say you have a total loss due to a fire, a landlord policy will cover you if written properly with the right insurance carrier can cover your loss of rental income. So rule of thumb, I'm figuring between 1500 a month and 2000 a month um, duplexes. So you get double that. There's a line item on your insurance policy that will pay for loss of rental income. Um, that's a big deal because if yeah, the house is. is being rebuilt or a total loss, you're going to recoup that loss of rent for however long it takes to rebuild that house. If that's you have right. the policy. Yeah. Like with Mrs. Johnson is running a, a space heater in the old upstairs and mm -hmm. got it on blast. And all of a sudden you get a fire and she can't live there while you renovate. I mean, that sounds like a golden nugget, right? It is. Well, even with water damage, you know, if let's say, for example, you have a two-story house and the water from the upstairs bathroom leaks into the downstairs area while somebody's on vacation, for example, right. they have to rip out all of that drywall and the tenants can't live in the house while they're doing that because of um, hazard, mold, whatever it is. So right. there's actually a line item that you can put your tenant into an apartment, a house, a condo for a certain amount of time while those repairs are being done. And it just saves you from coming out of pocket. It saves you right. from, from a lawsuit. And these are for, you know, less than 3% of all policies have these situations. Yeah. But it's that one time that it does happen that you wish you had a policy that took care of these things. You just call us or the 800 number and they send out a uh, remediation company. They send out um, the tarps, the roofers. They make everything nice and neat so you can worry about more important things. Well, it's but safe to say. Policy, it's not going to cover that. Right. It's safe to say, Ryan, that, you know, the majority of tenants have accountability issues. So anytime that a problem like that occurs, you're not going to have a tenant calling you to apologize and take responsibility for it. You're going to have a calling you saying, we expect you to fix this and fix this now. And that's where it becomes important to have an insurance policy that covers you in the event that somebody then turns on you. Because my experience with tenants, it, it involves volatility when they get to a point where they have to admit something, they're, they're not going to do it. And they're going to blame you and expect you to do everything. And, and without the adequate coverage from your insurance, that could be a very costly ordeal for you as a, as a homeowner to remediate those things on your own, you know? So from your last podcast, you said, be realistic. And yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's a, a nice reminder for business owners, investors, everywhere you have to be realistic and understand right. what you're dealing with you can't like, uh, have the cake and eat it too no. you can't you cannot be a gluttonous you know human being you gotta understand there's give and take and the yin and the yang and all that good stuff and uh you know if you're not realistic and you set objectives that are not attainable and then you don't attain them you don't have a right to feel uh that you were misled or you can't be upset with anyone but yourself because if somebody is giving you the right information, i.e. someone like me, who's a professional in real estate, who's trying to keep your expectations in check and give you the data. And someone like Ryan as an insurance agent, who's trying to hone you in and say, hey, look, I understand what you think, you know, but like, this is actually what it is. And when you experience calamity in any way, you'll have people that have your back because expectations were realistic and then the goals are attainable. And that's really important. So I wanted to talk. So Specifically, a landlord policy can cover you for a lot more than a vacant policy. And, you know, then you can also get insurance policies that cover you for the loss of rent and everything. What kind of liability coverage do you get as a landlord and what does that protect you from when you have a tenant? 
Okay, good question. So when you have a tenant on a landlord policy, you get the option to choose your liability threshold. Um, you can go from 100000 all the way up to a million dollars. A million dollars sounds like this big, huge number, but it probably only costs you 10 bucks a month to have a million dollars liability. Right. And you can also encompass an umbrella policy, which is an additional layer of coverage, an additional million dollars for probably starting at 250 for the year, depending yeah. on how many properties you have. Um, layering that liability coverage, if it's in the budget, is always a good idea. You'll probably never have to use it, but it's, I call it sleep good at night insurance, right? Yeah, yeah it's fair to say, you know, if if something gets over the maximum of what insurance policy is going to pay, that's your additional life uh, vest to keep you above water. I mean, you never know, things could happen. People could burn up in a fire. There could be a shooting. You know, there could be. bucks a month to have the initial liability, I think, is a good start um, yeah. for the seasoned investors who have, you know, they built up their rent rolls. They have additional properties and um, flow of income coming in. The umbrella is going to protect them from an at-fault accident, or we call it a lawsuit. Yeah. That's your lawsuit protection, because what happens? You get a tenant in and they say they don't have a pit bull. And then six months later, you go to the house to salt the driveway because you have to maintain the properties from slip and falls. Maintenance is very important. It's part yep. of the deal. Yep. And then you see the pit bull chained up in the backyard. Right. Pit bulls are never covered on insurance policies. Right. It's Even though most job. of them are extremely nice, but that's a whole yeah. different story. Yeah, for sure. Like we're not biased, but the insurance companies are. Yeah, exactly. I had two Dobermans for a long time and, and yeah. uh, it caused problems from time to time, especially with coverage. And they were both just wussies, you know, would right. they bite you? Probably, but more than likely they're not going to even be bothered by you at all. And most, most dogs are like that, but the ones that finally decide one day that they're agitated and they just want to do something they do. And if it, if that happens, it can be very expensive and you're facing a lot of liabilities and lawsuits and people can, you know, basically be, you know, the Ezel and Friday, you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? All of a sudden they like, Oh, I want a hundred thousand dollars because like I can get it. So you just got to always protect, think about those things in advance and, and you're better off to be prepared. Uh, like my football coach used to say in high school, you know, proper preparation prevents poor performance. I like you it. You know what I mean? And yeah. you want to make sure that you're always like thinking ahead of the game and how will you do that without people who are doing this at a high level, who are making you, um, you know, understand that there are things that exist outside of what your thought process is. And you can only get that with wisdom. And that's what we're here for. You know, we want to help people. So I um, could tell people quickly, the, the most common claim that we get are water claims and slip and falls. Yeah. Over yeah. the last, let's say five years, I probably had five slip and fall claims where someone claimed, quote unquote, they slipped and fell on somebody's porch or driveway. And out of those, nobody was home. Nobody witnessed them. Right. And the insurance companies paid out. But if right. you had a ring camera or if you salted the driveway or made sure that it, nothing was uneven and had photos or maintenance records, it could have really protected yourself. So, right. Yeah. I mean, everybody's looking at, well, I won't say everyone, but many, many people are looking for a payday and they're very opportunistic and lawyers that represent people in those cases, a lot of times get paid off the settlement. And if they believe they can get paid, they're going to just keep coming at you and coming at you until they get a check. And they're not taking the case unless they think they win. So at the point where you get subpoenaed for that, expect there'll be a payout of some point or it's going to be drawn out for a long time. 
They you get thirty percent, and that's what if you turn on the TV in the middle of the day, what do you see? You Call see lawyer free, commercials. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got the jingles, and uh, they got there's a whole bunch of them in this town, and there's billboards all over, and these people are able to afford those things for a reason, and your insurance company is one of them. So uh, keep that in mind. So Ryan. Let's transition a little bit into that water coverage you're talking about, particularly like a lot of people in Michigan are buying homes that are built between, it's fair to say, like 1920 and like 1978. You know, the majority of these homes that people are buying are kind of aged in that age range, which most of those homes were comprised of a sewer system made of a crock uh, pipe that goes from the home to the sewer, which after a certain point in time gets penetrated by roots or it can collapse or it can get a sag in it. And then it causes blockages, which then cause sewer backups into your home and it floods. And sometimes it's clean water and sometimes it's the poop water. And, you know, with insurance is with a regular insurance policy, would that be covered? So awesome question. Water backup, the dates you said 1920. So for us, who were born in the 80s 1920 is 100 years ago yeah it's not 1900 anymore right so when you're shopping for houses in these areas the 100 year mark is where you start to get in the um in in tricky territory when it comes to insurance underwriting so the age of the house but the systems are very important you want to do your inspections Yep. You're not going to have these big, scary pipes under your house that go from the house to the street covered on a policy for 50 bucks a month. Right. It's too good to be true. You have to be realistic. Yes. So what you need to ask for is for a water backup rider to cover the water that comes from the sewer drain up into the house. And then the other, the scary pipe that goes from the toilet to the street under the, under the house is called your service line. Yeah. Two separate things. Yep, so you have sanitary and storm. That's right. So you have to have a service line endorsement added to your policy for pennies on the dollar, but people don't know to ask for it. And other insurance agents, or if you're buying these cut rate policies online, you don't know to look for it. Right. And I'll say this from experience, the average sewer line, let's say in Detroit or the suburbs in a regular you know, lot is between 75 and 125 feet from the basement exterior wall to the the sewer drop where it falls into the sewer. And that right there to dig it up, it's 11, it's between 10 and 12 feet down on average. So they got to dig a huge hole. And to replace that is going to cost you between five and $8,000 to completely change your, your, your old crack pipe to PVC. So with that being said, let's just, Put it in the middle, $6,000. How much does it really cost on the average, Ryan, to get a rider for sewer backup coverage? And $12 a month. Right, right. Now, like they're not going to snake your sewer out for you, but they're going to make sure that the damage that was done was repaired, right? They're not going to dig up the sewer for you and replace it. Is that is that the case with these policies? So the service line coverage, if the pipe is damaged, it happened to my sister. She bought a house in Clinton Township and two weeks after the service line caved in. And yeah. they came out, they dug it all up, they replaced it and put the put the dirt back on top of it. It was a 15 grand. Yeah. He had her deductible, which was a thousand. Yeah. Thank God. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they will replace it. And you know, the endorsement was $12 a month. So people take note that if you make fundamentally sound decisions from the beginning, the end is a lot easier to get to, and the middle doesn't hurt at all. 
for the most part. And if you're ready for these things, you're holding maintenance allowances and things of that nature, and you have adequate coverage when you experience a tremendous loss like this, because imagine if you have a tenant in your home, the sewer line collapses, you got poop flooding up from the basement floor, you got a foot deep of, of sewage in your basement, destroying it, and you have a tenant in your home that can now not occupy the home. Can you imagine the baseball hitting that wasp nest and what that turns into like, make sure you're doing it right. And this is why we have Ryan on the show today. And uh, that's why we call him the pontiff of policies, the Sultan of sizzle and security. I've Um, seen it all. I've seen it all. Seen it all. Me too. I mean, I've sold thousands, thousands now of houses and Ryan has produced thousands and thousands and thousands of insurance policies. So between the two of us, what we lack in looks, we have in knowledge, And we're just trying to offer that to you guys here at the Detroit Buy, Hold, Invest podcast. Uh, I wanted to talk to you. The last thing I want to get into, because we only are trying to keep this like 40 minutes so people don't get bored and start, you know, shotgunning beers and all that stuff. Um, Let's talk about when someone comes to me and they say, Dave, I'm buying this house. I want to put this in my LLC and I want to buy 10 houses this year and I need to have them all in LLCs and, you know, how do I do that? And how do I insure them that way? And I'm always like, Whoa, hold on, man. Hold up. Kimo Sabi. Let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> what do you need an LLC for? Well, I need to be protected from personal liability. Well, what makes you think that the LLC protects you from personal liability? Uh, well, because that's what I read online. All right. Well, did you get your LLC? Yeah, I did. How did you get it? Well, I got it online. It was only 50 bucks. Okay. Do you have an operating agreement? Well, what's that? You know, do you have your articles of organization handy that I could see? What's that? So the question really is, is like, if you're a landlord, does having an LLC really protect you more from liability than not having one? And particularly when people are buying with conventional loans, they they can't even buy in their LLC because they can't lien the deed on a house. That's you're signing a promissory note in a mortgage as a human being, not an LLC. They're qualifying you off your, your income uh, in your W-2s and all that stuff as a regular social security number holding American, right? They're not, they're not qualifying you as an LLC. So tell us, Ryan, like, what is the difference between a policy and can you adequately be covered as a non LLC homeowner as good as you could be with an LLC? What's the difference? How does that work? And, and, and tell us a little bit about what you think about that. Okay. All right. Good, good question. So I am not a CPA. I'm not a lawyer, but I am a licensed insurance agent. So I'll start with that. Okay. It's, this isn't legal advice, but I will give you my two pennies. Yeah. Disclaimer. Don't sue us. Be adults. (laughs) So if you can insure a property under your personal name or your business entity name, and a lot of times investors call me and they have one LLC with their list of doors below it. Yes. And then I have investors who have a separate LLC for each address, right? right? Because they were instructed by a CPA or their lawyer to do so. Um, I think it's not automatically necessary to have the LLC. It's definitely your personal preference. Yes. However, the the one benefit, if if you have the correct insurance policy under your personal name for a million dollars, um, the chances of somebody suing you for more than a million dollars for a loss on the house is very unlikely. Yes. Right. If you have a million dollar liability policy and something happens in an excess of a million dollar lawsuit, having the business address or having the address 
and an LLC name would be beneficial because that person couldn't sue you for your personal assets, like the equity in your home, your 401k, yeah. things that savings accounts, things of that nature. That's right. the only instance I can see where it would be beneficial besides right. the tax benefit. Right. But if it's just a person starting out, like you could definitely, I have clients who have these houses in their personal name, but they buy a policy that's worth the paper it's written on. They're yes. not going with the cut rate policy and, you know, not being realistic. Right. And also, you know, in the state of Michigan, the laws have kind of changed where like the frivolous lawsuits are are not as prevalent anymore. Like courts aren't letting people sue you for a million dollars because they broke a toe. Just you because. Know what I mean? Or a guy who breaks in your house and falls through the window and gets cut by a piece of glass can no longer sue you for a million dollars because he broke in your house and hurt himself. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's you have to, to say. go to the root of the loss. <laughs> if a house falls falls on a, a tenant, right? Like a roof caves in or something, whose fault is that? Right. Was there an inspection done? Did you skip yeah. that route? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. where where's your checks and balances? So, you know, having the scope done on the sewer line, if that backs up, I mean, whose fault is it? Is it the right. plumbers or did you skip that part? Right. So there are pros and cons to both sides. Having the LLC, I see the pros and cons in it, but I think it's not automatically necessary. And, you know, that's creates, my two pennies. It creates a lot of additional expenses beyond the insurance coverage and all that. This, like when you create LLCs and you create other structures and entities for your business and how you run it, that is going to cost you more money. Like everything you do costs you more money. And, and I always say this, I'm going to say this. If I could say this on every episode, I would. Whenever you go to someone and ask them for advice, you have to think to yourself, by the response they give you, are they somehow benefiting from this? And are they steering you in the direction of what benefits them more than what's best for you? And you'll find that if you, if you really pay attention, I'm helping you for free. Whether you buy from me or you don't, it doesn't matter. Whether you get insurance policies from Ryan or you don't, we're still going to maintain the course and we're still going to do stuff. But if I had a system where I'm like, you must use all my people for this and you must use my property manager, you must use my insurance company, you must use my lenders, and I'm receiving compensation from everything, then my advice is steering you in the direction that more benefits myself than benefits you as a client. And if you look at that and you, and you really ask yourself that question, and we only have 10 minutes left, so I'm not going to go too far into it. You'll find that people will steer you in the direction of what benefits them monetarily or personally more than what's best for you. And we're here to give you the advice that we believe is objective. And then you make the decision on your own. And Ryan and I have both been in a situation where someone tries to profit from our uh, good nature and work. And it, for the most part, then that compromises the integrity of the truth that's being told. And we don't operate that way. And, and, and people who are steering that in the direction uh, and making people use certain people and forward, you know, forwarding you to someone and helping you structure a whole business and not taking time to ask you like, what is the objective and what do you currently own? And what are your current policies? And like trying to figure out what you already have and see if it fits, if they're driving you right in the direction of spending more money, you have to question that. And I always want people to be objective and, and think about that before they go run out and start spending all this money. The same way I feel about people seeing this mentor guy on, you know, social media talking about, you know, you give me $5,000, I'll teach you how to be a millionaire with no money out of your pocket or whatever. Like, what do you mean? I just gave you $5,000. What can you buy without money? And if yeah. it's too good to be true, it normally is. And, you know, as far as insurance, I like to tell the investors, you know, what are you paying right now? 
And they're either this type of person. They're either the type of investor who shops on price yes. or they're the type of investor who tell you right up front, I want the best coverage. Right. And there's both kinds. So yep. it's your choice. I mean, you can insure the house for actual cash value or what you owe on it or what kind of loan you took out of it. Right. And if the house burns down, you pay off the loan and move on. Or right. you're the type of investor who covers it from the full replacement value from top to bottom, has right. the endorsements, maybe takes a higher deductible to offset some of the costs, but um, they're they're realistic and they know there is a possibility, you know, especially if they're out of state, they can't come down and, and empty a basement full of water. They need no. a policy that's no. good. You I, know? Had a, I, I had an investor last year, uh, and then we're going to have to wrap this up because we might run out of time. And uh, I had an investor last year. He came from out of state. He bought four properties from me. They were managed by a property management company. I told him, hey, I suggest these management companies. He chose to go with one who I didn't recommend. He onboarded those properties to them. When he did, no one ever suggested to him at any time that he should get insurance or even asked him for proof of insurance. Wow. And I told him to make sure, because they were all tenant occupied, that he made a decision whether to self-insure the properties or get insurance. And he chose to do nothing. And one of his properties burned down to the ground. And he called me and asked me if I'd go over and look at it. And I did. And it was a total loss. There was no saving it. He had no insurance on it. And the house sat there and got tickets after tickets, after tickets, after tickets. And by the end of the day, he had to sign it over and they took it from him and it got demoed and he got a bill for that. And I also had an investor who got insurance, the house burned down. They did the insurance claim for the amount that they covered it for. And they did get what they covered it for. And then they still had to pay money to remove the foundation fill the hole in and secure that land. And that was like another $20,000. So, you know, trying to cut corners on stuff financially, when you have your own money in it, you have to be under the mindset that you don't want to lose it and you want to make sure that you're protected or you can be a gambler, you know, and push all the chips in and you either win big or you lose big. And if you lose big, don't point the finger, go in the mirror and point the thumb at yourself because it's your yeah. fault. We're giving you the right knowledge. We're trying to give you and put you in front of the right people. And I really appreciate Ryan, you coming on the show today. I feel like uh, this was a magical performance. We're gonna have to do this more often. I, I agree. Like we, Thank you so we much. Both, we both contribute a lot to society, particularly with whimsical humor. And I think that uh, we should continue to do this. So I appreciate you coming on. This is the Dave, uh, Dave Rabier, Clyde Realty, Detroit, buy, hold, invest, contact Ryan Atkinson, at Atkinson Insurance, Clinton Township, Michigan it is. And your number again, Ryan, what is that? Thank you. You can reach us anytime. Call or text 586-557-8084. All right. Thank you. thank you so much, Ryan. And you have a wonderful day. Get back to slaying as usual. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, Dave.